Welcome, 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 and greetings from Elfie's World. This is the place where we try to, well, bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and, you know, maybe, maybe even give you an opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. Wow, I am so glad you decided to join us. Now, today, we're presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, these are true stories which, well, they're often excluded from the pantheon of history for, well, for whatever reason. My name is Alfie Wolfram, and boy, I hope you enjoy our presentation. This is episode number 42, and it is entitled, From Singer to Dessert. So, kick back, relax, hey, and enjoy. How, you might ask, could one of the greatest soprano operatic singers of all time become immortalized in cooking recipes? Well, that is a good question, and here is the answer. This particular operatic great was born Helen Porter Mitchell. She first saw the light of day just outside of Melbourne, Australia in 1861. Now, even as a young child, Helen loved to sing. Uh, but like most good Australian girls of her time, she married and became a mother. Well... Unfortunately, her marriage was not a success. Her husband admitted to beating her more than once. After only a year of marriage, they separated. But, but Helen had a salvation. Singing was in her very soul. She wanted nothing more than to become a professional singer. She continued to sing whenever and wherever she could in the Melbourne area. At the age of 27, Helen moved to Paris to study under the legendary French singing teacher Matilda Marsh. Because of her natural ability, Helen soon began to gain attention. Within a year, she made her debut as Gilda in Verdi's Regaletto in Brussels. By the age of 30, Helen had become a star both in London and in Paris. Now, one critic characterized her voice as, quote, having the lightness of precision of tack an absence of any kind of forcing, and a marvelous ease at the upper extreme of the vocal compass. In other words, she was really, really good. It was said that she could outstare her audience and silence it with her voice. One New York critic once wrote that her voice flamed with a white heat. And uh, Helen was also a very shrewd businesswoman. At Covent Garden, she commanded 400 British pounds 
per performance, more than even the great Caruso received at his peak. Her success grew to such proportions that her picture can still be found on the Australian $100 bill. As she once put it, see to everything yourself. You must own not only sing and act, you must also be stage manager, press agent, and artistic director. Well, both Madonna and Lady Gaga must have taken more than one chapter from her notebook. Helen was also one of the 20th century's first prima donnas. She once refused to wear a wig that had been made especially for her, giving the only reason, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's not me, I won't have it. But her vanity was eventually her downfall. In 1931, at the age of 69, she died of a systemic infection which arose from a botched facelift. However, thanks to a gramophone recording made in 1904, her fame would reach to the far corners of the earth. She became so popular that her farewell tour lasted two entire years. Today, several of her recordings can still be heard and enjoyed on YouTube.com. But uh, what was the stage name of this operatic marvel, and what connection did she have to a culinary delight of today. <laughs> well, when Helen Porter Mitchell debuted in Brussels, she decided that she needed, well, a more professional-sounding name. So she chose the name Nellie Melba. Then, in 1892, while performing in London, she stayed at the very exclusive Savoy Hotel. Now, because of her constant battle with weight, Nellie Melba started each day with coffee and a low-calorie crisp that soon gained her name, Melba Toast. It soon became a popular part of the menu at the Savoy Hotel. Now, the famed French chef, Auguste Escoffier, who reigned supreme in the Savoy kitchens, was mortified to have one of his creations, Melba Toast, named after a mere singer. Uh, but then one day, he attended a performance of Wagner's Lohengrin and heard the great Nellie Melba perform Elsa. He was so inspired that he created a brand new succulent dish, especially for the diva. Now, even today, if, if you go on the internet, you can find a dozen variations of this recipe. It includes vanilla ice cream, 
covered with peaches and topped with raspberry sauce. It became known as Peach Melba. <laughs> Though loaded with calories, that culinary delight is still amazing and scrumdiliciously true. Well, there you have it. Episode number 42, entitled From Singer to Dessert. Now, it's part of our weekly series entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, each week, we, well, we feel privileged to present for your entertainment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true accounts from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. Now, as a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the publisher's price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book. Hey, and that includes free shipping and handling anywhere within the United States. Well, for more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S, elfiesworld.com. Then click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram, principal editor and provider of Sage Council. Expert Publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Herbert Bolin for his Piano Mood Happy Four. Ninad Simic for Piano Transition. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning. <laughs> 